Damn, it's bright. It got bright. It's a reflection off the windows. Should we move? Are you I, I think I'll be all right. Yeah. I mean, there's part of this. The sun is good for us. You know, I like really... it. I think this envelope yeah, for us. So I'm not Michael sure, Fred Weiser's taking a vacay, which you know, you can tell his energy is missing. He's he left us a power, a he's... power card. This podcast number thirty six. Which does that mean we've had thirty six episodes this season? AKA must year? be. Must be this year. <laughs> are you? Uh, are you going to get the same card, or are these going to be separate? It looks different to me. What would you say you do here? I got the same thing. As you grow? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the card is back, by the way. Yeah, everybody. The, the well, gift of the card. That's why I think Weiser's out of town. His, he couldn't use his voice. So Front of the card it. says, what would you say you do here? That's Classic a reference to Office Space office line. Space. Chris and I make that joke a lot. So you must physically take... <laughs> I work with back. the goddamn I work customers. with the goddamn customers. I'm a people person. I'm a people. What the hell is wrong with you people? <laughs> As you grow in leadership, your responsibility tends to drift towards bigger picture things. And as an owner, you sit atop the entire structure of the company. Or do you sit at bottom? And therefore, your responsibilities are that much more of a bigger picture. Your responsibilities are that much more of a bigger picture. Thought experiment. If you had to hire someone for your position, what would the job posting look like? What would some of the qualifications and requirements be? What are the responsibilities of the positions? We've been talking about that in, a, in our own roundabout way without it being that specific of like literally looking for people to replace us in our jobs into what we need, right? We've been putting a lot of effort, you, Chuck, and I, into our next one to three year vision we're calling. We're using the scheme of one to three years because we are. <laughs> and um, in all of the you know, organization that would go into that. And those are some of the things we've been talking about in terms of our strengths and what we need to make sure that we're paying attention to and how we create job descriptions and all that shit. So it's, it's a little bit fresh in that context. In some ways it's, well, it's interesting because it, we're kind of talking about who could help us bring the vision to light, which is slightly different than the question he's asking here, which is like, what if you replaced yourself, which seems impossible, impossible. And that doesn't mean that we're extra cool or like better than anybody else. There's just like, that'd be taking, that's all big, that's big work. That's big work. And we are doing some of the back work to allow people to pick up more and more of our company with clarity. But if you're going to have somebody replace you, they have to kind of be married to you, almost shadowing you and hearing you for like maybe years. You know, there's so much perspective. I just don't think in a, a company that's our size, even, even though we're bigger or we're getting bigger, you know, we're still not huge and we're still really founder owner driven. Yeah, you have to be right. It's you can't really replace. It's like, how do you replace your brain? It's like you really don't. No, I mean, you can find and that's maybe what's frustrating and also Part, like hard answers you when you're uniquely passionate about something that's kind of what makes you special and I think every individual has an opportunity to be uniquely passionate about something so for us I think you know you and I have a lot of crossover passions but we also are really interested in a lot of specific things and they all kind of work synergetically in creating a company, Charles, as well. So I think that's, that's what makes it tough to answer this question. I, 
in our you know our talks in uh, whatever the office we're gonna call it the, the office, kitchenette dude. We meet in a kitchenette. It's got it's a table. pretty fancy. Yeah, it's yeah. super fancy. It's got all white walls. It's one of those things where we're talking through it, and I'm like, well, my worry is that, you know, nobody geeks out quite on the level that I do around the kind of experience. They they geek out about experiences, but maybe the kind of experience that I want to create in our, you know, for, for instance, a retail space. And we do a good job, even if we're not, you know, accomplishing what I'd like to see done. And that is the challenge is... What if somebody did your job? And it's like, well, I haven't seen anybody be as excited about the specificity of uh, the delivery as, as myself so far, you know? And so that's one of the things you kind of get in the weeds with when you're thinking through a question like this. Like, how many people are really going to look at it like you do and, and also get excited about it like you might? Because those things all work together. Yeah. You know? Passion is so important when it comes to any job in leadership and there's this mishmash of can you inspire people and oftentimes that really comes down to if you are genuinely inspired in some capacity yourself so you you can't just find somebody who's like well i can do this job because of you know i i understand the metrics i'm gonna step in and i can i can do it well i'm okay so if you're looking at a a job like just to attack part of the position, like what are the responsibilities of the position? I think in a company, well, I mean, different companies have different goals. So right. this is kind of where we are, which is our biggest job here is to be thinking ahead in some capacity and just a few different things. So one of the things is right. one, what's the future going to look like? Two, Within the stuff that we're doing right now, what is the best version of that look like? And right. how do we improve those processes? And we're kind of feeding ideas to the people who work with us. And it could be, you know, we had some stuff written down. Oh, I wish I had it in my notebook. But some some of the things are going to be directives. Like if you have a vision for a certain experience and it's like, hey, we need to create this thing. Yeah. Like, go ahead. And then someone can go ahead and, to the best of their ability, working with us, create that thing. What do you see? I oh, see the doggy. cutest puppy. Can I say hi? Yeah, oh, so bad. Oh, doggo. I got you. They were looking like they wanted to say hi, and I'm like, I want to say hi. Did you see this? This is like his second walk. Thank you. So Sorry, dude. I was like, no, nah, you're good. It was literally pulling her backwards, staring at me. <laughs> It was literally connecting with me. The doggy was beckoning me. I mean, yeah, a big part of the job is to look forward, see what's possible, see what could be better. Right. And just be the catalyst for those things changing. It doesn't mean that you do all of that work yourself. You obviously don't. That's why you have a team around you. You physically can't. And it's just a different kind of job than a frontline job or even a managerial job. And there's there's elements of the things that we do in all those levels of leadership like we you're talking about being inspiring i think like leaders at every level need to be absolutely in, in some way shape or form inspiring be able to connect with the people that they hope to lead but as you pull more out of day-to-day things your job should you want to build a company like this does become more kind of knowledge and ideas based and looking at what are some other ways to poke around in this area? And I think that's where that's 
where no one else can step in and really do that because there's something about being ultimately responsible that is really, really, it's, it's impossible to, to understand what that feels like unless you are that person in well, some way, it's a two-way street, form. right? Like what I think where it helps us is that we are willing to try things that other people might be intimidated to try. We also can look at the whole picture and point point people to priorities. You know what I think I see happening a lot of the time and why this maybe is hard to answer is that people that want to do a good job, but one, maybe they don't have as much experience and two, because it's not their company, they can get bogs down with like, well, do we have the budget for, or, you know, is it going to be too expensive, which is, is not always the same thing. And is it worth it? And how do I, and I've got this, that, and the other to do. And, and I think that's where you and I. Or even just the most basic fear thing of like, is it going to work? Or is it going to work? Is it going to work? And then you stop there because it feels like it might not. Yeah. Or, and I can't picture it perfectly. And so all of those things, I think when you're a team member of a place are there, whether you are good or not good at ignoring them or pushing through them, like they're, they're living beneath the surface and they still live with myself and Chris and Charles. I think the difference might be is one experience, but two, we sit in a place where that's our job is to say, Hey, you know, push comes to shove. What's our best next directive and how are we going to do it? And a lot of that work comes with somewhat not disregard because you still have a budget, you still have business model and all these things you have to live in, but you somewhat disregard that at first and say, you know, push comes to shove, like the return on this for our experience, our culture, maybe business is like worth the investment or the attempt at investment in whatever way that it looks. And that's where I think people get hung up. Well, reality is a sobering thing and we all have some constraints, but part of our job, I mean, anybody who starts anything new kind of looks reality in the face and says, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to do this thing anyway, because everything that's stacked up in front of me says that this isn't going to work. Like what's the percentage of new businesses that fail? What's the percentage of people who start businesses with no money when you need a decent amount of money to start a business, even to bootstrap one? Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense from a monetary perspective. It doesn't make sense from a time and return perspective, at least initially. There's pretty much everything about starting a business makes no fucking sense. (laughs) So if you have someone who's just completely logical being like, is this going to work? Like they're going to come up with the answer. No, it's not going to. So you need someone who's just driven enough, who it means enough to, who's excited enough about what could be to step in and say, despite all of the evidence that this won't work, I'm going to try anyway because I believe in it. Yeah. And then I'm going to get a group of people who believe in the same thing and we're going to push in this direction. Yeah. And that's continually our job is to find like, what is that direction? Mm-hmm. What is new? We're kind of reinventing everything. Within the structure of our mission and our values, which mm-hmm. don't really change, you don't, you know, our company is continually evolving, even though those things are solid. So if we want to do different things, new, interesting things, it's like, how do we figure out ways to do those? How do we, mm-hmm. you know, aim the gun, so to speak? Well, yeah, and I think there's there's a lot of... Nuance to understanding how business works too. A lot of the conversations I've been you having. You want to get your shades, bro? You want to get your shades? I don't know. Well, I mean, I'll turn sideways a little bit. You want to look at ourselves in oh, the actually, mirror? Actually, that's not so bad. We can just like I can face sit off. like this. A lot of the, a lot of the nuance. Yeah, we can just like, what's up? I we're see you over there. Mirror guys. A lot of the nuance of the work that I've been in the conversations are things like 
they they start like this, like, hey, I, I, I want to understand, you know, the coffee business more, or business in general, and we're looking at metrics, and we're looking at numbers, and what I'm starting to find is that people actually, for the most part, can learn that fairly quickly. They can see, okay, you know, I sold this much today, here's my daily average, here's my labor, here's all the stuff, and, and, and it comes out with this number, and then there's a bottom line number, so the company or the cafe made this much money, and I think people assume that that's what business is, but really what business is, is understanding why any of that works. You know, you can, you could be the person who's like, well, we're roasting this coffee and it's really perfect. You know, we're nailing the curves and we're putting out these recipes that are perfect. Everything's perfect. I don't know why we're not making any money. Why isn't anybody coming in the doors? And it's like, we have this, we have this food we're putting out. I don't know. It looks, it tastes good. Like, I don't know. I like it. And it's like, well, so much of this comes down to how is it resonating with the people that come in the doors? How are you helping your team to showcase what to resonate and what to show everybody? And all of that is really where you make your money. It's not like, well, the it fits, you know, fits in this box. So we have yeah. all the stuff. I'm, it's All we got to do is sell 300 lattes. And it's like, well, why aren't you selling 300 lattes? Or why aren't you selling this in... That's where I think people even there get stuck. We're like, well, it's not, we're not trying to like be salespeople. And it's, it's like, this all works together. You create feelings, you create the memories. That's why our mission matters. But you create things that are attractive to people and you have to start recognizing what's attractive to human beings. And that, you kind of have a myriad of things to play with there. And then you find your mix. And that's a challenge, I think. And it does take time and effort. And it takes a certain kind of person and people to, to dive into looking at, I watch a hundred people walk in the door and I kind of evaluate as best I can what they're feeling and what it, what they're experiencing through the process all the way to where they receive whatever they receive, whether it's food or drink and walk out the doors and every single step along the way has an ability to be built in with intention and fun and engagement in whatever capacity you decide. And there will be some form of return on that and you don't really know what that is offhand until you start yeah measuring metrics but you know you can see that stuff you can feel that stuff yeah and that's the art of the whole thing have you heard the story of the really really terrible jc penny ceo no apparently the dude had a couple other successes so he's not necessarily a terrible ceo but had a terrible run he had a terrible run with jc penny he got hired to you know, bring the brand, keep the brand from floundering. They were flatlining and they brought him in. He he was kind of responsible, I guess, for building out some of the original Apple stores. Like, so he had some, some good ideas around service and experience, but basically JCPenney is built on a retail model. That's a sales model mm-hmm. to where they'll release stuff for a really short period of time. And then mark it down and promote sale after sale after sale after sale. So his idea was, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. What we're going to do is just make the sale price be the standard price every day. So they pushed his marketing campaign out, which is basically, you know, like, um, I don't know the slogan, but it's basically like some, something like every day is a bargain or, you know, you get, yeah. you get stuff's on sale every day. Like every day is like as cheap as it can possibly be. And people were pissed. They were like, what the, what the fuck? And they got a huge influx of 
emails, customer feedback, complaints, and their team was trying to address this. It's like, no, no, you don't understand. This is the bargain. Like you're getting the bargain every day. You don't have to wait for the sale. But what they ultimately learned about the demographic that shops at JCPenney was they want the sale. Yeah. It's part of the experience of shopping there. They're going to talk about it. Feeling like you're getting a good deal. And it's not a logical thing. Like people don't care about getting, you know, a cheap shirt that's always cheap. They want to get an expensive shirt that's on sale and feel like they got a bargain, even if in their mind they know that they're not really getting a deal. It's part of the whole experience of the thing. And I I think that's what we're speaking to that a little. That's yeah, that's kind of what a lot of people are missing, like seeing what's next, you know. The blue bottle thing reminded me of, and maybe I talked about this last episode, but I think it bears repeating, when Mint Plaza originally opened, Blue Bottle opened Mint Plaza, and it was such a it was such a show. It's they had a lever machine mm-hmm. just to do single origin espresso. They had that siphon bar, which is one of the first siphon bars that Ever. came over from Japan yeah. before these things were were commonplace. And a lot of people in the specialty coffee community went in there and just made fun of it because they're saying, Look, like this doesn't actually make coffee any better. This is just like a fancy show off piece. So what is the deal? We need to be focusing on origins and this. And 10 years later, like who's the joke on, you know, what James was doing was tapping into the greater customer experience. He's giving people something to seek, sink their teeth into. And he knew before a lot of us knew that, yeah, you have to have good coffee, but that's just one piece of this entire puzzle. Absolutely. So what are the things that's going to delight the guest and engage the guest and make level up that experience? And there's a million different ways to do that. There's so many ways. The way he does it is not going to be the same way that we do it, but that's kind of the job of, you know, a founder or a CEO or a business owner, whatever you want to call them in a company that's at that scale. It's to kind of understand why are people engaging or what's going to make people engage on a deeper level? How mm-hmm. do we really make them happy? And to your point, that's completely different than understanding how metric sheets work. Right. Metric sheet works, right? It's Anybody so can see the ins and outs. That's a very A plus B equals C right. process. Just because you know how the numbers work doesn't mean you can run a, run a successful business or a successful cafe. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. If you're listening to this in real time, We've got a very special coffee available on our website. It's from our good friend, Benjamin Paz, who is kind of the gatekeeper to all of our relationships in Honduras. We've talked about him before. We've even had him on the podcast. Super amazing guy who does a lot for his community. And he also grows his own coffee. So this particular one is from his farm. It's a geisha variety. Geisha is really delicate, really intricate. It's just its own experience. If you've never had a coffee that, you know, transports you to a magical place that makes you feel like you're sitting on an island drinking a tropical beverage, this is that coffee. You can get it now. Go to catandcloud.com and you'll see a banner just smiling at you, enticing you to come inside and taste the rainbow. All right, let's get to the podcast. Right. And so you might find yourself diving deeper and deeper and deeper always. How do I save a buck? How do I save a cent? How do I perfect perfect my ordering and inventory? And those things are important, but those things are not the things that reflect to your guests in any way, shape, or form in 90% of the experience. They don't know any of that stuff. So if you end up being the kind of 
company that is so focused on that stuff that you're missing the ability to engage in whatever your most authentic and intentional way is, you really are most likely going to suffer in some capacity. And you're definitely not getting the most out of your business. The one thing I would suggest, and, and it's something that, you know, we could still do a lot more of is get pure, clear, you know, ways of getting customer feedback. And that I think is a, is a challenge for any company because you have to find a way to, you know, run initiatives and gather that feedback or pay somebody a third party to start running those things. It's tough to get those kind of analytics. I think there's ways to do it, but it's hard to do it in a way that doesn't impact the experience. Absolutely. You know, so Disney that's, that's goes around thing. and they have their little iPad and yeah. they're just approaching you to see if you want to yeah. do, you want to spend three minutes, something like yeah. that. They'll yeah. Follow up with an email, but those are bigger companies, you know, like they, well, I don't think the infrastructure is part of it. It's just in on any or the day. Focus, maybe though. Like the the mm. there is a little bit of focus, right? You have to dedicate like a certain amount of money and time to it, right? So that that part, I, I would empathize with a company our size. Like we don't really have, for the most part, the ability to do that. I mean, I think the best way to do it, it's almost unofficial because you don't want to sit out with an iPad for people at eight in the morning when they're going to work. <laughs> exactly. Like, do you want to talk about? And they're like, no. Yeah. I think the no. best way to do it is to have. And log. Logging's the trickier part because mm -hmm. no one thinks to do it in the moment. But it's like, have the conversations with the guests who come in on the day-to-day. -day and it's like, hey, Bob, you've been coming in here for two years. Right. Like, are you down to sit down for a couple minutes? Tell me do? what you really love about what we're doing well. And, like, what, what could we do better? You know, and you have enough of those conversations and aggregate the results. And you got pretty, reference, yeah. You get good feedback from people who actually are invested in it. Mm -hmm. You know, they're there every day. They're not just randos filling out a survey online. They're not, you know, mm -hmm. internet trolls or grumps. Totally. And then you have a few things. And I think the one thing about guest feedback is super valuable. And where guest feedback and that owner mentality kind of breaks is like you want to implement some of that. But also people don't really know what they want until you show it to them. Yeah, you got to recognize so that a little. they know part of what they want. You can meet them where they're at there, but then it's on you to come up with the new exciting ideas that they would never think of on their own. Right. But once they see it, they're like, yes, that, oh, that's I like awesome. That. I love yeah. that. That's the, that's the best. Yeah, and that's where that fun comes into play for yeah. sure. So, I mean, I mean that's, that's a tough one for sure. I think that... The juice is really looking at the experience again. Like every time I try to over, I'll overcomplicate what we do in some capacity, and then I'll come back to it and be like, "Well, what, what is the experience? What's the experience like? How clear are we? You know, in the way we operate behind our counter, or in our roastery, or in our green departments, or wherever it might be. And then, what does it look like to express that? And right. how you express that?" is again to your point earlier there is a million different ways to express an, an espresso service you know you said it there's lever machines potentially there's automatic machines there's all sorts of different ways you can show people that and make it taste a certain way and that's a canvas in and of itself what does it feel like between the moment the person walks in and when they leave and i there's a lot to be built and if you're not the type to look at that and care about that consistently, like you can't, you can't get tired of the basics. And that's what it is. It's consistently looking at the basics, which are not basic at all. They're just the basic things that you're going to do every single time, the repetitive nature motions of your business and re rebuild them here and again in the context of your values and your mission as you see an ability to improve them. And that's not going to happen 
all the time, at least hopefully, <laughs> or else you'll drive people crazy. But that will happen every so often, year after year, every couple of years or so. You might be like, you know, we could do this better. And I think what you're saying right now reminds me of how important, for lack of a better term, those middle leadership positions are. Yeah. And people love to create this hierarchy of, oh, CEOs are important and, you know, middle leadership is just whatever. And then the closer you get to the front line, the less important your, your job is. But really... Everything is built off fundamentals. If Everything. you can't do the fundamentals of your business, there's no way you're ever going to be able to do anything new and exciting or different. Mm-hmm. So if we don't have our core competencies dialed, if we can't make amazing espresso, roast amazing espresso, brew amazing coffee, give that base level service experience that is already pretty high and make the cafe hum, we can't go forward in any way, shape, or form. Because we're going to continually be stuck in this basic rebuilding phase it's like ah we got to get the basics right god we got to get the basics right and that's why when people come in every day that frontline work man it's so valuable not only are you keeping those fundamentals dialed but you're like the biggest mouthpiece for the the vision of the whole you know the whole organization because everything comes through the conduit of those frontline employees which is Mm -hmm. reinforced by their team leaders or coordinators or however your structure works Mm -hmm. and there's nothing mundane about that it's super important no yeah there's nothing unimportant about that either i think the concept of just needing to move up to feel recognized is something we actively try to fight against and probably swim upstream against in terms of our philosophy from the from the get-go of this company i mean hospitality is something that we do really well here but hospitality doesn't just happen, right? Like if your company is known for hospitality or whatever, actually look at it like this, whatever your company is known for, if it is of any size, really, it's going to, in some capacity, come from what you as an owner or founder represent and speak about and lean into and share. So the reason our company feels the way it does is not because Chris and I are geniuses in any capacity. It's because this is what we have decided, and Charles, he's not sitting here, to speak about and to talk about and to make sure that we focus on and that again back to what it's like to be a founder and owner our job is also to make sure that when we're not focusing on something that matters that we find a space to make sure that we are voicing that and making it clear that it is a priority and there's going to be a timetable of making sure that that works but there's going to be a timetable as well as osmosis and implementation and for that to even sink back to the front line they're absolutely the most important in showcasing that. But if they don't see that it's important, they're not going to activate on it. And you can't expect them to. You can't even be mad at them to because How would leader, leaders lead. And there's a lot of leaders on that front line, but they are being respectful of their position and what they're being taught. And they're in the process of learning who we are as a company. That's part of what frontline work is, is learning culturally, skill sets. Man, they're learning time management. They're learning guest interaction. They're learning cleanliness. They're learning... So many skills that go beyond this place. And in that process, they're learning culturally, you know, hospitality, artistry, all the things we do as a value system. And they're practicing. So we have to show them that. And the, you know, middle leadership, as it were, are the conduits of connection between, you know, us and them because physically we are two human beings and we can't be there for 60, 70, 80 people. So it's all 
symbiotic and synergistic if we can see it that way. And I think there's a lot of beauty for every company if you could see that your position matters regardless of the rest of the details that the world might tell you. And that that's where swimming upstream is tough. And I get it. Like, it feels good to move up. But it also, psychologically, feels good to get a sale at JCPenney's. And there's a different, like, mentality where you could still get your wins and still get your your feelings of happiness you know from where you're at well and that's not monetary that's like a concept that works with your brain like where's your reward center and what do you value here's another thing that is what's the best way to share this through the microphone through the microphone through your earballs you guys remember uh when kanye sampled shaka before Kanye was the Kanye. I want that old Kanye. Is that Shaka Khan? The sample? That's, I think Through the so. Fire? Might yeah. be. Anyway, I don't know. Um, there's something really special about being a frontline employee. Not just being a frontline employee, but being at a time in your life where you're, you're younger, you have less responsibility, maybe you don't have as much... In some ways, you don't have as much financial freedom, but the stakes are pretty much lower for a lot of the things you do. And I, as I get older and older, I really appreciate those times more and more. And I'm just really thankful that I had them. And if I were going to do it again, I would still do hard work. I would still try to do my best work, you know. For and, sure. But I wouldn't be as concerned with moving up super fast or getting the big paycheck super fast or blazing that trail super fast. I would like, how awesome is it to be 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, work at the coffee shop, be around your friends, get off at 2 p.m. and then do whatever the fuck you want to do. You don't have, you you don't have, you don't have kids to take care of all the way up through. You don't have like super high rent. You know, maybe you live in a house with like three or four or five people. You know, when I moved to Santa Cruz, it's rent wasn't that expensive, but I was also splitting it five ways Mm -hmm. in that really ridiculous and awesome house. So you've got, you know, you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of flexibility in a lot of different ways. A lot more than you might realize. A lot. And you don't have any of the responsibility that once that responsibility comes, it pretty much doesn't leave. Like no, it, it just it, builds. It just it keeps going builds. and going and going. And, you know. You might you, think you want it, but you also have something really good. And would they're, you, they're both good. It's like, would you trade? You know, would you trade? We're not rich. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. we're doing better than we were when we were baristas. That's for sure. sure. Yeah. But we're not buying houses or anything. Right. But so given that, it's like, would you trade? 20 years of your life for our position and our income? Because I probably wouldn't. I would probably... No, no, no. You really do have a lot I would, of freedom and fun. You know, take take being young, take that freedom, and just really fucking enjoy it. And you can do both at the Lean same time. into the learning process. Yeah. There's something about the decades rolling off that are... I'm able to be more aware in real time that what is happening right now it's never going to happen again. Mm. And there's something super special about it. Mm -hmm. So we were, Eleanor, our daughter turned one, and we were hanging out with family. And it's pretty funny. So my brother's kids are older. So his oldest is just into high school. Mm -hmm. And one of our other cousins 
their daughter is also goes to the same high school as one year ahead of time. And then Jenny's sister, their kids in high school too. They, uh, two of them go to the same school. One of them goes to a different school, but they were going to this event at the bowling alley and you know, they're, they're all girls and there's boys there and there's this yeah. whole thing. And we're sitting around, they cut out and we're just looking at the stories that they're posting and they're hanging out with their friends and we're just like having that typical old person moment where it's like, dude, that looks like so much fucking fun. Like <laughs> we're just sitting here and well, we're not, not having a good time by the way. Well, but so Sh- Shannon, my uh, sister-in-law, we were talking about, like, man, if if I would have known what I knew now, I had a good time in high school. You yeah. know, it's not like I was bummed or anything, but it's like- but you like, might hold back a I lot. I was like, I would have I engaged probably on a much higher level mm-hmm. because I took it for granted that, oh my gosh, like every day I come to school and I'm around my friends and there's like dozens of people who do the same thing that I do and I eat lunch yeah. with all my skate friends and then I talk shit after school and I hang out right. and I just assumed that it was going to be like that forever yeah and it's just not and Mm. those little things keep happening where i keep experiencing these little like bubbles of something that's really awesome and then it disappears and Mm -hmm. i have this tendency to want to try to hold on to it but now i'm more realizing it's like man this is just life like those things are gonna come and go and and these experiences are just so finite and it's important to try to appreciate them for what they are and i'm really bad at that I think well, humans are really bad at that. Sure. You know, we're trained to be, but I think that's there's some that's your wisdom in the podcast for real today is spend that time, don't rush through and don't just assume don't just assume that you know the more is better or the higher position is better. There are probably people that you're going to look at that you will try to emulate in some capacity and there's people that you'll look up to and that's cool. There's a reason potentially that there are not a ton of them. You're like, you don't have like a laundry list of a hundred people that you're all, they're all the coolest in the world. And what that probably means is that somebody's committed to something. One, you know, like we've committed to this kind of work and learning it on all of those levels. And, you know, you can, and we can look back and see all the places we could have engaged more and done better and appreciated more. But at the same time, if you happen to look up to Chris or myself, it's because most likely we've stuck with something we've cared about engaging with it consistently year after year after year after year for basically 20 years now. And I think the people you look up to most likely in your lives that are not, that are related to whatever it is, are people like that. You know, they're the people who stick with something or work on excelling in growth in some capacity. And so there's, there's a lot of wisdom in that, in a world where now it is kind of like move on, move next, move on, move next, you know, don't commit stay open and two things when you're young there's an ability to stay open and to really decide later on than you might believe in terms of how society's pushing you like what to really engage in and stick with and in the process prior to that like if you're at a shop like ours like and you're excited about learning these things recognize that you really are learning a lot of life skills you really are able to Leave your place if uh, if you're leaning into the work and recognize you know you've learned people skills, you've learned you've learned conflict management most likely. Even if you don't work at a place like ours where we actually talk about that, you learn it because guests and customers come in mad, and your job is to take care of them. In some capacity, you're learning that, you're observing it, you're in it in a place where you otherwise wouldn't probably put yourself in those positions, right? You get to experience the stuff at work. Yeah, and it is important to take those moments and recognize it. 
and I think you you said it way more eloquently. I just I totally back it, and it's it's key. It's key. It's key. hard, but it's key. It's good. So good talk. If you're gonna answer the question, there's no way to replace ourselves in our jobs. But that's not. That's just somebody else can come and make their own job this way someday. Just to cap it off, dude. It can only be Jared. It can only be Jared at the Galleria Mall. <laughs> Hey everyone, that's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places. YouTube, Instagram, we're always there sharing amazing things. All right, that's it. Thanks everyone for being awesome. We'll be back next week. <laughs>